You're listening to How To 20-Something, the only podcast that helps both men and women navigate their 20s and learn how to adult across all aspects of their lives. We're going to be focusing on career, relationships, finances, fitness, nutrition, and all of the common challenges and obstacles a typical 20-something will face in this post-college life and what to do about it. I'm your host, Just Diamond, and I'm the CEO and founder of Just Diamond Coaching, where I help young professionals get their shit together, gain their confidence, and own their life. No one prepares you for this adulting world, so allow me to help you feel like you are no longer a chicken running around with its head cut off, and that you actually know what the hell is going on and what your next step to take is. Welcome to How To 20-Something. Welcome back to How To 20-Something. Today we are continuing with the career series with a special guest who is going to talk about how she took a chance on herself and what happened as a result. And believe me, it's not all rainbows and butterflies, but it's proof that you can always return back to what you know. You're never going to regret your decision to try something new, whether it worked out in the way you hoped it would or not. But before I introduce today's guest, I do want to remind you all that you can be a guest on here too if you believe you have insight for other 20-somethings based on your own personal experiences, whether it's in regards to your timeline you're on, an obstacle you've overcome, or a learning experience you want to help others to avoid. All you have to do is head to the show notes and fill out a form to apply to be on here. And some of the other links that you'll see are if you have a topic you want me to discuss, or a question you want answered, and yeah, you can remain anonymous with your entries if you choose to. And you'll also see if you want to work with me and what working with me is like. My website is always going to be available for you to click on, as well as my email and a link to schedule a road to success call. Okay, now I would like to introduce a colleague of mine, Robin. Robin Riedlinger is a business and public speaking coach located in Charlotte, North Carolina. In 2023, she took a leap of faith from corporate back into entrepreneurship so she could help professionals and entrepreneurs practice empowering influence, get crystal clear in their messaging, hack the path to confidence, and employ vocal choreography in speech. Robin grew up in a home environment that encouraged the suppression of her true thoughts and feelings, and she realized how important it is to overcome vocal suppression as she entered her adult years through tactics like public speaking. Not only did she begin to express herself again and build healthier relationships, she decided to make a career out of it. And now she has helped countless people do the same by focusing on creating their own signature talk in her One Presentation Away coaching program. She uses this vehicle to get people the developmental practice needed to access their authentic voice. Without further ado, here's Robin. Thank you, Jess. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm happy you're here. Now, the reason I wanted to bring you on here, well, there are a lot of reasons, but the main one is that your path in your 20s and now your 30s is the perfect example of exactly what I tell people when they say they're afraid to make a career move either between companies or industries. And I'm going to give you the floor so you can share a little bit of your story about how you left your corporate job for your own business and then returned back to the corporate world and then this year left it again. So what happened? What gave you the courage to make these different leaps? You can start with the first time you went to become an entrepreneur back in 2017. Sure. So actually, back in 2017, um, five years prior to that, I was working for a speech therapy company. 
And I used to help the business owner. This was actually not corporate. I was there as an independent contractor and I was the office manager. And while I was there, I would help her with annual events. So we would set up for all the speech therapists to come together once a year and we would discuss the company vision for the year ahead. And while I would help set her up with presentations, while I would set up the room, I would get visions of myself standing on a stage. And at first I thought, oh, this looks like a fun idea, right? But I never actually thought I'd do anything with it. Well, I had the visions, but at the same time, my skill set at the time was focused more on business operations. And so it's a combination, I guess you could say, of the vision I had of that, but then also my ability to solve problems within small business that put me back on that entrepreneurship journey, or at least so I thought, right? So I actually built a network of people around business operations specifically. It wasn't speech at the time or anything related to public speaking. And I started building up, um, <laughs> I guess you could say I was in this business complex and I just started building friendships and relationships. And when it came time for me to leave her company to move on to bigger and better things, I immediately ran into my first client. He gave me my first opportunity and it was amazing. It was amazing. It was a great learning opportunity. It was like 90 days where he just let me practice on him, I guess you could say. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't realize you had like the speech therapy part because that underlying, even though you weren't active, like you weren't the speech therapist, you were still dealing with all of the words and pronunciations of things and phonetic language that of the people coming in. And it, in a way, like underlying helped you get to where you're at now to be able to help other people it's like one of those skills the hidden things that the universe needed you to go on this path and be working in this with this company as an independent contractor to then be able to translate it into what you wanted to be doing and it was giving you some kind of experience of helping people set up their own speaking events and getting having people take the floor and you seeing that vision within yourself. So I love how all of that was so underlying hidden messages that brought you to where you're at now. So I'll let you continue what your story is of what happened after the 90 day exciting client moment. Cause I know the first client is always so exciting. It's always there. It always seems so easy and it gives you that hope and it's not always like that. Not every client is going to be that quick and that responsive and that easy to come by. And it's actually a much more, it's much more of a battle to get to where you want to go and help as many people as you want to help. So can, please continue your story. Sure. So yes, I transitioned from working there and I just want to clarify, I was exposed to the fields but I wasn't working in the field. So I was exposed to speech therapists who were actually helping children. It was pediatric specifically. And these were children with autism and speaking disorders or uh, like they were trying to develop their motor skills. So it was like, it was a very interesting exposure, I guess you could say. And then what I ended up doing for her, which is what got me that initial contract, was I built out her operations. I came up with an operations manual, process and procedure manual, because what I realized is these ladies are out in the field and I'm not always able to answer questions. And so I pulled together um, a solution. And that's where I got the first 90-day contract, which then led to I actually had two other contracts that year. I had a full-time salary. And then it was, unfortunately, 
I had been in an on and off relationship for about three years that was really toxic. And as much as I wanted to pour into my business and do all of that, it, it was very difficult to do while not only trying to manage that relationship and navigate that relationship, but also heal from the relationship. And so my only option at that time, and I didn't want to do it at all, was to put my resume out there. I literally promised myself I would never, ever, ever <laughs> need a resume again. But unfortunately, it was too much to handle at one time. And I didn't really know what I was doing. And so I put my resume out there. And within like 24 hours, I got a uh, proposal for Duke Energy. And so that's where, that's where I went back. That's actually my first time ever being in corporate. So were you working full time as an independent contractor and then it like tapered off? I just want to make sure I have that right. It tapered off and then you were like, okay, this isn't 100% it yet. This isn't my time to do this yet. I need the stability of the corporate job. Is that the correct timeline that things went? Yeah, I would say that's about right because as you know, um, being an entrepreneur, doing it by yourself is pretty volatile. And if you don't have the skills... Uh, like the sales skills, if you don't have the network just yet, or if you're not quite clear on what this path is presenting to you, then inevitably you're going to have a, it's going to be a rocky road. And so the best thing I could do was definitely get that stability. Otherwise I was going to be in the hole. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like coming to the conclusion that this wasn't your time yet to venture off on your own? And to return to the stability of full-time work, but this time it's in the corporate world? I would say it's the equivalent of a heartbreak. (laughs) Wow. It was a devastating transition for me to go back into a job. I didn't want to do that. I I had a taste of freedom. You know, I had a taste of freedom and don't get me wrong, the taxes definitely come and get you. You know, that kind of takes from it a little bit, but I was running my own schedule. I was doing my own thing. I wasn't being managed by anyone and to have that definitely taken from you. I mean, in a corporate world, it's not its not your schedule. It's not your pace. It's not your work. Um, I mean, it becomes your work eventually, but it's, it's still not, it's not the vision, right? And so I would say it's like that. And another way to put it, I wrote this down, is it's kind of like moving back in with your parents after you've tried to go out on your own. It's not a fun feeling, right? I've never personally had to do that, but I can, I think that's the best example to provide that would, you know, make the most sense to 20 somethings, right? Is picture moving out and then, and then for whatever reason, you're just not able to make it and you have to go back home. Ugh. (laughs) Yeah, it's, defeating it was like you knew you were you want to do this you know the big picture is there but you just don't have the means or the resources to get you there yet so you have to return to stability it's like that's in order to like you know your dream's not going to die it's just not the time right now yep it's like it's like being benched yeah like you just gotta wait and it, Patience is a tough skill to learn, especially when you have this fire in your belly telling you like you're destined for bigger and better things, but your logical brain is like, hold on, you're not not there quite yet. You're almost there, but just not yet. Exactly. (laughs) What would you you say was your biggest fear that you had when leaving the independent contracting full-time job to go back to be an entrepreneur and then 
right now, or I guess this year, leaving your corporate job and to be the entrepreneur again? Okay, so I would say what scared me, I'm not really big on fear. Like, so it might be a different emotion that we target. Um, But what what I felt or was observing instead was there is this window of opportunity right? There's a, there's a window of opportunity that's presenting itself to me right now. I have the right people around me. I've got mentors. In fact, all of Duke Energy is moving into this new building. They actually did the, the week that I was leaving, they were all moving into the building. And on my last day, this is going to go live, Oof. but it's okay. But I'm going to be honest because this is real. This is a very real experience that most of us have because not all, not many of us want to spend 35 to 40 years at a corporate job for the rest of our lives. And so on my very last day, as I'm over here preparing to leave and take this leap of faith, if you will, I'm observing a coworker of mine celebrate his 35-year anniversary with the company. And all I know is as I'm looking at him and I'm considering this path, I don't want to be at this company for 35 years. So the only fear I really had, if we're going to speak to fear at all, is if I don't leave right now for this window, during this window of opportunity, I don't know when it's going to present itself again to me. Yeah, that is a different type of fear. It was, it's the fear of taking the normal route of staying in the same nine to five type job. Not to say that there's anything wrong with having that kind of job, but There are definitely two types of people. There's the people that are very content. They love the stability. They love the security. And there's people that don't want the nine to five life. And that's like you and I don't want that life for ourselves. We want the crazy schedules, even though we're probably end up working like 14 hour days instead of eight hour days. But it's worth it to us because it's our own time and we get to choose how we use it. Again, not to say that there's anything wrong with it's not even taking the easy way out. It's taking a very responsible way out. It's a very stable and secure route that you know is going to hold you and allow you to travel and allow you to go and do other things, which is a big message I like to tell people of your job. If you don't want the entrepreneur world, it should be keeping you mentally and financially stable so that you can explore other parts of your life and other things that let you up and make you feel good and make you enjoy, allow you to enjoy your life. So it's interesting that this is the fear that you had. It wasn't about leaving your job to work for yourself. It was about staying in your job and not working for yourself. (laughs) You better go. (laughs) That's all I know. Like I talked about it for so long. I was like, if we don't get out of here and we don't get out of here soon, like I'm probably going to blow up. Like I just knew that for like what I mean, like internally, um, because I have that fire and I have to get out and I have to do more in the world. And I was so contained. Like it's one of those things where I, I can be pretty energetic and pretty loud and it's not always welcomed. Don't get me wrong. They appreciate it when it's no longer there. They do. They really do. Cause they're like, we're going to miss you Robin, all your positive energy. But really it was like almost suffocating to stay. And so I thought like my spirit was going to essentially die if I stayed. I did not care. My, my risk tolerance is pretty high. I did not care that I was leaving the stability at this time. It was more worth it to honor myself and go do this thing than to stay there because it feels comfortable, you know? Yeah. You don't grow where you're comfortable. Especially when you know what else is out there for yourself. 
And how did how would you say you navigated these very different transitions? Because you went through three or maybe even four very different phases of your life from over the last several years, if not like over the last decade, that how did you explore these different things? How how did you navigate it? Time, preparation, and support. I made sure that I did everything different than the first time, which means I had people around me that were going to number one, hold me to it. They weren't going to let me just do it. Like they weren't going to let me do it without thinking first. And so I have a life coach. Uh, I've seen her for over three years. I went to her with this decision, but she held me to like, she held me to my integrity. And what I mean by that is we don't just leave people. We don't just burn bridges. You're going to take advantage of what you can while you're there, which I did. I joined the business women's network while I was there. I got some exposure and some really good practice on topics that I want to speak about, not topics that I have to speak about because they want me to. I got a business mentor around me as well. So my thinking shifted about what I was doing. I got a financial manager around me and I pulled in my friends super close because this was like the buffer and the cushion I did not have the first time. And it's interesting because when you align with your higher purpose, people show up for you. They show up right on time too. Not a second early, not a second late. They show up exactly when they need, when they, when you need them. And so I would say time, I talked about it for over a year that I wanted to do this, but it wasn't ready yet, you know? And then especially for the last two months, my manager has been so pivotal uh, in my life as a mentor that I told her plenty, like plenty of time in advance. I said, this is what I'm going to be doing. And your, your support means a lot to me. And I want to do this the right way. And I want to make sure that when I leave, I leave on great terms and I'm building a bridge, not burning a bridge. And inevitably when your heart is first and you care about people, because you got to think about the stress you put on your manager and your team when you're leaving right? My team is, we were close. Like they felt like my brothers and sisters sometimes, not just coworkers. And you have to hand off your work and do things in a way that also makes it easy for them. You don't just like dump a bunch of stuff on people and whatever. I completed my projects. I fulfilled my objectives all the way until the end. I navigated it smart. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's similar to my story is like, I knew this was what I wanted to do probably since January of 2021, but I actually started making moves towards it April of 2021 and then left my job in March of 2022. And I gave my work seven weeks notice. Like I let them know because I, I knew this, I was doing this. I knew I was moving out of the state. I knew I wasn't moving for a different interior design job. I knew that this was my end for this chapter and I wanted to give them as much preparation so wouldn't burn any of the bridges. I do want to reiterate what you had said of who you surrounded yourself with because I have a coach and she talks about this all the time as well. Of you need a community. You need your mentors. You need several mentors to help you and give you these different insights that you can bounce ideas around or help with your own thought processes and get gain their insight, someone you can learn from who is even just one step ahead of you. They at least know what that next step is to help you prepare. And then your community of friends, like bringing them in close and how 
important it is to have them there and knowing that they show up on time with what you said like not early not late and I want to add to that of through these transitions you also have people who leave right when they're supposed to and I say that because when I was officially accepting clients and making growing this business to be what it is I was going through a breakup I realized the guy that I was with at the time was not the person that I wanted to see like bring with me in this journey I realized we were in two very different places and we no longer worked and then it happened again recently with a friend of he left right when I was starting this podcast and it's like as you make these giant ripples it does have other effects but knowing that it's all right at the time it's supposed to happen and that there's people that are coming into your life for a reason and people that come out of your life for a reason as well. So it was interesting that you had said that. That's beautiful, Jess. I mean, it clears house and it makes room for what's meant to be there. Yeah. that's a. am a firm wow. believer of uh, people and things come out of your, leave your life to make room for that next thing. Like you can't have it all just keep compiling onto each other, it gets cluttered. It's one of the first exercises I have a client do is clear the clutter in some area of their life so they can energetically and literally bring in new things. Like you are sending that signal to say, I have room now. This is for that room. Like this is for that space. And you never know really what that is. And it's not to say it's going to be like people, person for person or dollar for dollar or TV for TV if you're throwing a tv out but that it's more of a symbol that you're paving the way for a new path and something else to join you I want to add just one more part to that because for me to get to where I am right now the amount of things that I had to clear to allow for the massive blessing that is on its way is like a little bit daunting if, if I'm being completely honest, because you have to be still in these situations where things are clearing and leaving and you have to trust that it's going because it's meant to go. And if it doesn't go, it, that what's coming for you won't fit. I mean, and so, oh man, I love this topic. Yeah. And even that with this move from corporate to entrepreneur, and if anyone that's listening, it's from one career to another, whatever that may be, it's it requires a lot of trust in yourself and trust in what's around you too. It is like you don't want to create that friction. And it's it's something that you have to learn. It's very, you have to be very in tune with yourself. Of like, okay, this is a very stagnant time and it, it's because I'm supposed to be resting or this is a very chaotic time. There's a lot building up. There's a lot of seeds getting planted. It's to lead me to my next evolution, my next level. And then there's like the downtimes to remind you of how, the good times are so good. It's like you need, it's not just a constant steady state of wonderful positivity, amazingness, as much as we would love that. But if you always had this wonderful life, you would take it for granted. And you would never want to keep working to grow towards the next version you're trying to be and that you know you can become. If you were to talk to the 20-something version of you, what would be a piece of advice you would give to help avoid maybe some of the undesirable experiences that you had to overcome in relation to these different transitions? Find a relationship or many that complement your journey. 
not derail you, not detour you, not cause you confusion, seek clarity in anything and everything that brings clarity into your life. I love that because I, through this journey, through my own journey, like I've had people come and go and the people that have stuck around and even the people that I don't come into contact with as much and have reached out whenever they see me doing something, it means so much. It just shows that additional support of people are watching me. They're rooting me on. They're wanting me to succeed as much as I am. And it's so reassuring to know I'm not alone in this journey and that I've made really good friendships along the way that I don't take for granted and that I value so much. We live in a world where a lot of people play the victim in their lives. And anytime we take on the role of victim, we have a hard time cheering others on and helping them grow or being able to, you know, sit back, observe and watch and support the growth, right? Because you're somewhere blaming somebody for your situation. And so you want to get to a place where people, things happen in our lives, right? Like things happen and we make, we make, we make mistakes. We mess up. We make the wrong decisions. We choose the wrong people, but it's not to stay there. You have to trace back to this, the the moment that you made the decision that got you into the situation because there's nothing worse than like holding back your joy for another person and their success, There is nothing worse when you watch somebody else doing well and you can't give important to that person as they're doing well. It's a tough place to be, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, recently one of my friends just signed her first personal training client and I do personal training as well. She's going to the gym that I work at and instead of being like victim-wise of – I should have gotten that client, like like something more negative. I was immediately was like, download this, have her sign this. I sent her the contract I send my clients. Like I told her everything that I know so that she could be successful in her own business that she's now creating and things that can now be tax deductible and just giving her that insight that I learned along the way myself and I can pour into her to help her succeed as well. Like as I go up, I'm going to bring her up with me. And as I see her go up, I'm going to cheer her on. It's not out of spite. She's not competition. I'm rooting for her and her happiness just as much as I'm rooting for my own. All right. I want to fast forward to this year because you went from the full-time independent contractors we've already discussed And then you went to Duke Energy with a full-time job, and now you've left Duke, which you've brought up as well. You basically have broken ties with a job to pursue your passion of helping other professionals and entrepreneurs find their voice. What do you feel you've done differently this time to guide this decision and the success behind this decision? I would say instead of taking a leap – of faith really. And just hoping I'm caught or I catch myself, I built a bridge. I I mean, I really did. And that means I actually sat down, thought about it, planned for it, had my key players set up around me because what I didn't want was to make this transition traumatic for me. Changing careers, changing relationships, moving. These are really big things, big life events that if you're not really thinking about it, or if you're winging it, 
you, you risk, you risk, it doesn't happen for everybody, but you definitely risk traumatizing yourself a little bit. And I just want to encourage people that, you know, let people know that you don't have to go so drastic with the change, just anticipate it, plan for it and build a bridge to it. Like essentially we're, we're building our lives, creating our lives, not, not snapping our fingers and getting a life. You know, like it doesn't quite work like that. So I would say the biggest difference is I sat back and I actually thought about it and I got, I, I built that relationship with myself. So I was, I felt good about what I was doing. I followed my gut too. Like if at any point it felt wrong or if I felt like I was about to do something impulsive, I called my life coach. I called, I leaned on the people I needed to lean on to make sure that I stayed true to the path because I have my own impulsive behaviors too, especially when you want to get out there and you just want to do it, but it wasn't the right time, you know? So I, I was very cautious and I planned for it. Yeah. That's what I tell people. I'd say a lot of what you just said of this shouldn't be, I say it in, I said it in last week's episode of this isn't a spur of the moment decision that you're making. This takes planning. It takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of patience. And we have a society where I honestly blame Amazon. No offense to Amazon, but it's so, (laughs) yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll explain. Um, but I blame Amazon in that it's so instant in that now, like it used to be, you would order something online and it would take up to a week to get to your doorstep. And now it's next day, if not same day. So we've, our society has curated a lot of things to be so instant and we forget that honestly the best things in life take a long time to grow and they take a lot of steps and they take a lot of trust and a lot of planning and it's you always want you always have the dream or if you have a dream you're you know what you want for yourself because a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't dream they're just living as is on autopilot mode. And I want to help part of this podcast is to get them out of that mode. To be like, you can dream big for yourself. You can work towards these things, but know that it is a journey and to never forget the journey that you're on, but always keep in mind what you're working towards. It's like that motivation to get there, but these steps along the way are so crucial and so important. And I always think of it, I coined uh, the business baby book. So whenever something new happens business related, I just make a note of like, it's one for the business baby book. And one of my clients started to use it for her own life of like, oh, this is one for the adult baby book. I was just like, we're we're like newborns in the adult world being in our 20s. And we don't know what we don't know. So you just need to not rest on what society tells you you're supposed to do, but plan for the future build the future you want to have and that takes creating the stability in very key aspects of your life right now like if a relationship isn't working out if it's causing you a lot more stress and turmoil than helping you and or if a job is making you feel absolutely miserable or if you're not consistently eating well and working out and sleeping and everything else is like you can't create that dream and that vision for yourself because that then it becomes overwhelming And then you don't want to do anything. It's not a microwave uh, career, you know? It's not a microwave. You don't just put it in the microwave and it's done. It's not – that's not how life really works. Certain things, maybe like Amazon, you can get overnight or same day. But, you know, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's – anyone on their fitness journey, I think fitness always translates into real-life applications because you don't go to the gym once and have – 
the body of your dreams. It takes time and it takes effort and there's not a cheat code around it. I mean, there might be things like Ozempic, but on a reality basis is that you're going to be there consistently showing up for yourself and working out and then eventually you get there and also eventually you realize you're not chasing a certain body type anymore. You're chasing the mental clarity it gives you and like all the the people you meet when you're there because they're also working on themselves and your growth mindset and like it's literally how it translates into other aspects of your life because as you know like how you do one thing is how you do everything. So it's I always like to relate things back to fitness because it's so relatable to all the other parts of your life. Yeah. It's a whole lifestyle that you're creating for yourself. And it takes time. Yeah. Now, were there – back to your transition careers and everything, staying on topic, get a little off topic, but these are really good conversations. Would you – were there any unexpected or surprising aspects of your new career, like this entrepreneur career – that you encountered along the way? Maybe like as you were growing to build this and you were like, oh, didn't know that or like learning something that you want to share with any of my listeners? There are so many people that are out there freaking crushing it. And you don't ever want to settle. And I mean, in every facet of your life, it does not matter. Just know there is so much life out there. So The most unexpected thing, I guess, for me would be when I was in my mastermind program, I'm still in it. And I'm surrounded by people that have, you know, pursued their coaching careers or whatever for a long time. So they're pretty established, but they're over here making like $120,000 a month. They're working with celebrities. They are um, just light years ahead. And so I would say the unexpected thing is, It's so funny. It's just so funny because it's all mindset. But in corporate, I'm over here, you know, I got my promotion. I'm over here thinking I'm somebody. And then when I realized that my my annual salary is being made in less than a month or in a month or two months, I'm over here like, what am I doing? Like, what are we actually doing? We're stuck in a system that we don't realize is even a system. And it's so hard to get out of it once you're in it because there's so much cushion and so much comfort around there. Like, I don't have to leave. Like, I'm good right here. No, no, it's not okay. There are so many people that are sitting in jobs right now that are absolutely miserable and the life is being sucked out of them. And it sucks. And so I would just open your freaking eyes. That's what I would like. The most unexpected thing is people are crushing it out here. When people are like, oh, the economy, this, and people are broken, they don't have money. You're around the wrong people. People have money. The question is, are they willing to move it for you? That's the only question. (laughs) She wasn't ready. Where's my mic? Where's my mic? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's over there. Mic drop for sure. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is. It's so true. It's like there's definitely the people that you're going to encounter that are like, oh, but what if you fail? And it's like, oh, but what if I fly? What if what if I succeed so much that, I mean, part of me is I want to succeed so badly so I can just be like in your face to all the people that told me I shouldn't do this or couldn't do this. It's, it is part of it, but knowing that it's, it is all mindset. It's what how you're approaching it, how you're thinking about things in all aspects in relation to your career, in relation to the people you're surrounding yourself with and to the thoughts and beliefs that you have about yourself and that are based off of your upbringing and your family and society and 
all of these things that come together and create a lot of self-doubt. And it's almost also you see these people doing so well and succeeding and then you have you can have that thought of well they're already doing it so why should I bother but it's also important to know like people need your voice if you have something to say speak up right that's the key (laughs) ask for help speak up it doesn't matter if you start at the beginning it doesn't matter if you can only do baby steps take steps Don't just sit there and watch. That's when you get angry. And that's when you build resentment towards other people who are doing the thing that you are not doing. And so like I've been surrounded by people who as soon as I started taking actions, like I'm very persistent. It's really hard to knock me down. Like there's not many things in life that can knock me. I've been knocked down and I've stood back up and you build that confidence. And it's just and then you make better decisions from that point forward. Right. You have to learn the lesson. Otherwise, you're just going to repeat patterns. And so take baby steps. Like you're not expected to be there overnight. Actually sit back and think, okay, how much time has this person put into it? Think about how much effort and energy and time and resources and money and just late nights, whatever you want to call it, that they've put into their business. They've earned that, you know, and people look at that and think it just happened like a microwave, like it happened overnight. Absolutely not. If you really get to know these people, they're probably super humble because life will humble you. It lets you know exactly where you are in your journey every step of the way. And it just forces, it it puts you in this mindset where it's a game and it's, it's a, it's only a losing game. If you stop playing, if you don't stop playing and you keep, you just keep going, you might need to take a break. You might need some water, okay? You might need to talk to a therapist, which is good. That's normal. You need that. You need people to keep you in check. But get back to the game. That's the key. That's the key. Girl, you got me hot over here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. How would you say changing careers has impacted your overall satisfaction and fulfillment in your professional life and as well as your personal life because I they go very hand in hand when you're an entrepreneur of like this is your life this is who you are it is your name your brand it's who like people come to you for you kind of thing so how how is changing making this career move impacted that it's been a compound effect for me um every job I had every situation I was in has compounded into the place I'm at right now. And I can literally see and pull from each one of my experiences, almost using them as an art and putting them into where I'm at right now. So even at Duke Energy, I was a facilitator. I used to facilitate workshops. And it's a male-dominated industry, right? It's utility. And so at first, workshops were tricky because here's Robin. Like, who's Robin? She's like this girl, right? She's a female. And she's about to, you know, I have an hour to get them. I have an end goal. I have to complete a process by the time, you know, this time is up. And people, you know, will and can leave if they don't feel like they're, you know, receiving or adding value. And so even that job taught me how to maintain authority on a call or during a workshop, right? So there's 100% satisfaction, I'm, I'm super content with everything right now. I like the decisions I'm making. I trust myself in the process. Um, I'm nowhere near where I want to be, but my drive is strong. And I like the new visions that I'm getting for my future because those are like my lighthouse and my guiding lamp, my North Star are the visions that I get as I 
continue to take the steps and more doors open. So your question was about satisfaction, right? Like, like how is this decision to leave the stability of the corporate world and move into pursuing your business impacted your overall satisfaction and fulfillment? You remember what I told you earlier where I said getting back into a job felt like the equivalent of a heartbreak? Yeah. (laughs) I would say this is like having the romance of my life. Yeah. No, I I say it was like it's – and it's what it's going to lead me into our next – our final question, but – is that when you find what fulfills you, when you find your passion, it it feels like someone is hugging your heart at all times. Whereas I've been through a heartbreak. It's like your heart falls apart. It it hurts. And then this is that complete opposite feeling. It makes sense. It's like it's It has so much warmth and love and you feel like it's growing in size every time you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I love how you were saying before that of – Really, you were just staying true. You are staying true to your authentic self and it's allowing you to continue going. It's helping with your drive. You're not getting lost along the way. You are right there, ready for the next step and taking it one step at a time. Exactly. Yeah. So it requires a lot of resiliency for you to return back to a lifestyle that you know is not for you and then to make that move again We'll say like move out of your parents' house again, be on your own and and work to thrive and have this yeah. vision for yourself. Would you say you found your voice for yourself within your career? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I would say it's a combination of meeting with my life coach. I've seen her for over three years. I committed to a mentor who I trusted and it was the ability to, it was talk therapy, you know, anything I was experiencing, we talked about and it was a safe environment to do that. So I addressed more the personal stuff, but then the different opportunities, facilitating, speaking in corporate, uh, even doing free coaching for like a year, group coaching, and then some one-on-one stuff where I could actually like switch perspective and understand what it feels like to be in somebody else's shoes. All of them, all of the tools that I use for myself and helped others help me find my voice. And it was so, it's such an interesting process when you come into this gift that we all have called our voice, right? Like it's a gift and not everybody knows how to use it. Some people are afraid to use it. Some people don't know where to use it because there have been either consequences in the past for using it, or it was never truly welcomed. So yeah, I mean, (laughs) I've, I think every opportunity, oh, another one, hard conversations. Here's the thing. You know how you mentioned earlier about patience? Like you ask for patience, right? Let's say, God, I just need more patience. Well, you don't get patience. You get the lessons and the obstacles that lead you to patience, right? And then you become patient. Yes. I said, I want to, I want to actually, it's stuck here on my wall because I have a dry erase wall and I'm not able to erase it. It's stuck on there my goal is to help people discover their authentic voice. And so that way we can spread more positive influence in the world like wildfire. And so in order to do that, please understand that I had to (laughs) go through some pretty substantial obstacles and lessons to feel comfortable in using my voice. And um, hard conversations 
were a part of that. I had to sit down with people, both professionally and my cat's here, but professionally and personally and say some hard things. And every time I did, I was taught to be careful with fragile conversations, right? You have to be careful with certain things, which teaches you tone and teaches you to not address things with anger if you can help it. Um, And I found my own softness to be able to engage in these different things. And so it's learning where you're soft, where you're strong, where your power is. Like like I gave you goosebumps earlier, right? Like I know how to tune into that part too. All of that makes you authentic. So what, what do your, what do your parts look like and how do they come together to create you, to express you? Yeah. And it's like this, that's what this podcast is for. It's to help people spread. Well, it's to help me spread my voice and it's to help others spread theirs as well. If they have something to say, this is the platform to help them say it as well as the work that you do to bring that into person in person or anyone that has a fear around it. And even if they don't even know what to say and they're working to find the words to bring their message to life, like that's what you do. It's I love that. It's And I also love that the work that you do with your clients translates to the work that you've done on yourself. And I think in the entrepreneur industry, it's like you find what you want to do because you had to go through it yourself. And that's what makes you so good at what you do. 100%. I think they say um, your adversity becomes your authority. Yeah. All right. Well, Thank you so much for coming on here and giving some insight into your experiences on taking multiple chances on yourself and finding your voice. Where can people find you if they want to check out your services with public speaking and creating their signature talk? So I am on Instagram. It's just at Robin Reedlinger. And I also recently started a private Facebook community called the Art of Speaking Community. And that's where I go live and I do trainings and webinars. And I really try to nurture that group as much as possible so I can give people what they need. So I would say a combination of Facebook and Instagram. And we'll be linking both of those things in the show notes for you guys to check out. And if you have a voice that you want heard, Robin is the go-to girl to help you with that. But this was great. And to those of you listening, I just want to remind you again, you can be a guest on here too if you want. But this concludes another episode of How To 20-something. If you liked what you heard, please share it with friends and family or on social media so that I can extend my voice and outreach to all the young professionals that exist in the world. And also don't forget to hit subscribe or follow or whatever you need to do to stay up to date with when the next episode drops, which is always going to be on Mondays at 6 a.m. But just in case you forget, you can be notified. And if you love what Robin had to say, then again, check out the show notes so you can reach out to her and tell her personally or work with her. I highly recommend her. Otherwise, you know the drill. I'll be in your headphones again next week with a brand new episode.